Logo Geeks, it's Ian Paget here, and I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. On this week's show, I'm going to be joined by Tony Pierce, where we'll be discussing NFTs. But before we get into this, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, The Perfect Match, which is a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe Stock Assets. And if your Meeple design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's totally free to participate in the perfect match. And by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To learn more about that and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So if you've paid attention to the design space over the past year or so, you probably heard the term NFT, which stands for non-fungible token. I've personally been really excited about the crypto and NFT space for well over a year now. But I've kind of avoided really diving into it on this podcast, mostly because I've not seen an obvious use for them for logo designers. But as graphic designers, I I do think it's worth you knowing about NFTs and understanding their potential, as I do believe they will be commonplace, ongoing, And I do think that most of us as graphic designers are very likely to get involved in them in some capacity during our career. But who is the best person to discuss this? While NFTs have substantially more potential than just images, so I didn't want to do the initial podcast on this topic with a designer because then we'll most likely be talking about just creating images as static NFTs. So I looked into projects that I've been involved with that I'm excited about. And one of them is Doctor Who Worlds Apart. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. So I I got really into this when it first came out. And that's an upcoming trading card game. And even though the game's not actually out yet, I've been buying, trading and collecting those cards now for around a year. And I also helped to moderate the Discord community. And this is actually where I met today's guest. So Tony Pierce is one of the co-founders of Reality Gaming Group, which is the company that's working on the Doctor Who game. And Tony's been involved in gaming, tech, and mobile for over 25 years. And as a company, they started using NFTs in their games long before they were actually called NFTs. And it was in a video that Tony did that actually got me into the Doctor Who uh, NFT trading card game. And he was able to explain NFTs and blockchain in such an easy to understand way 
I wanted to get him on this podcast so that he can help anyone that doesn't know what an NFT is understand what, what an NFT is without using too much technical jargon to explain it. So as an introduction to NFTs, in this interview, we're, we're going to be talking about what an NFT is, uh, what a blockchain is, why NFTs can be so valuable. And we'll also talk about some of the exciting projects that Reality Gaming Group are working on. And to be quite frank, because it kind of excites me. And hopefully if you're a geek about this type of thing too, you'll enjoy this. And before we do get into this as a cheeky request, if you do decide to go and check out the Doctor Who uh, trading card game and want to buy your first NFT, which is as little as 50 cents, use the link logogeek.uk forward slash Doctor Who, uh, which is a referral link. And that way, if you do buy anything, I get extra Pandex every time you buy anything, which is like a, a token in the game. So um, I'll appreciate that. So thank you if you do that. So anyway, let's get into this. Here is the interview with Tony Pierce. So Tony, something I've always really admired about you is how... Uh, you talk about NFTs so comfortably. So on this podcast is primarily for logo designers and, and most of the guests that I do have come on here uh, are from the graphic design space. But uh, I know you through an NFT project, something that I'm really interested in, uh, which is a Doctor Who project. And I thought I'd get you on and we can talk about NFTs, which I haven't discussed on the podcast okay. uh, so far. So I think probably as a as an initial question, since since the audience might not be aware what an NFT is, would you mind answering the question? Like, what is an NFT? <laughs> yeah, um, we'll start there. It, we'll start it, right from the yeah, beginning. It stands for non-fungible token. Um, so let me tell you how, how I got into this and sure. how I got to know NFTs. And I'm, I'm going to come at this from the games industry. Right? Sure. So my, um, my background is video games. So I go back to 25 years into Sega, Nintendo, uh, PlayStation 1, and then mobile gaming back when it was black and white handsets, and then into Facebook gaming. And then in 2017, we'd, uh, we were creating uh, a, an augmented reality combat game, and we called it Reality Clash. And that, that game actually is, is live now on, on both Google and Apple app stores, and it's it, just generally, it's a super fun AR game where you can go outside. It's like Pokemon game, it's Call of Duty. And you mm -hmm. go outside, you meet your friends and you defend certain areas. And at the time, we were um, looking at um, the blockchain and what benefits it could bring to games. And the obvious one, or what wasn't obvious actually, but the one that stuck out that we thought, wow, this is incredible, is tokenizing in-game items. That means when you buy them, you actually own them. Um, and therefore, we, you can now trade them or in the future, they become interoperable and you can use your sword or your gun in other games. So once you own them from us, that's it. And what, what made that stand out? And this is where you kind of, I suppose, get what NFT is, is if, if the games market last year, revenue-wise was probably, I think it was like $180 billion, um, 90 billion billion of that is through mobile games. 
and 99% of mobile games are free to play. So you kind of go, so $90 billion was made out of free games. Well, how does that work? And, and it works because games companies allow you to download the game for free, and then they charge you when you want to purchase an, in, an in-app item. So you might, you might play the game for free, and then at some point, it's going to tempt you by going, if you want a better gun because you, you know, you're getting stuck, it's going to cost you two pounds fifty, right? And that's how they make their money. And Fortnite, which I'm sure you're familiar with, mm-hmm. Fortnite last year made four billion dollars selling in-game items, and the game is free to play, right? So that's why it's it's quite incredible. However, you as the owner actually haven't bought anything, right? You you don't own anything that you bought in Fortnite or any of these games. You you just have a license to use that gun or that sword or that avatar or that skin in that game only. And I've always found that kind of bizarre when, when you know, kids or, or anyone spends, you know, can spend hundreds of dollars a month on buying in-game items, but you don't own it. And so if that game company went bust, you would lose all of your items. They just disappear. And the reason they disappear is because those items are, um, are, are stored on the games company's database, right? That everything that you buy through Fortnite is logged within Fortnite's database. Now, what the blockchain does is it allows me to store the items that you buy on a decentralized database known as the blockchain, right? So when you buy items from us that are tokenized, it doesn't log in our games company database. It logs outside on the blockchain and it's authenticated by the miners on that blockchain and it turns into an NFT because now you actually own it. It's irreplaceable. It's one of a kind. And if I went bust, your sword still stays in your wallet, right? It doesn't disappear. And hopefully you can take that sword and use it somewhere else. So when we came across the blockchain and tokenizing in-game items, the word NFT didn't even exist, right? We were just going, this is an, this is a, game changer, excuse the pun. This is an absolute game changer for gamers because finally they are actually spending money on something that when they finished or bored with the game can then go and sell it and make their money back or in some cases make a profit because you might be lucky enough to get a really cool limited edition NFT that's that could be worth a lot of money or, or I can take it into a different game or I can just keep it in my wallet and I might use it again another time. But you know there's a value there. You know you're gonna you, you can get it back. It's just like buying a t-shirt, you know, from eBay. You know, if I want to resell it, I just go back onto eBay and sell it. Well, this is the same thing. But you know, and and that's why we we knew that this was something that potentially, you know, could change the way gamers play games. And and you know, four years on, you know, we're starting to really see this happen, right? And mm-hmm. and that's why we're so excited about it. Oh yeah, especially since you know Zuckerberg has has gone down the whole uh, metaverse route, and yeah. uh, one film that comes to mind is Ready Player One. Uh, yeah, yeah, this type of thing could uh, you, you see all of the things coming together? How uh, there are obviously companies like yours where you're creating these items, tokenized items in games that you can withdraw and put into somewhere else. Yeah. There's obviously going to be this point where you know, you can buy a car. There's already like Vivi making like back to the future cars and, and kit from Knight Rider and stuff like that, yeah. like 3D models. You can imagine that eventually we'll get to this point where all of these different companies, you can take it out and then put it in somewhere else, which is yeah. 
uh, really it's exciting that it's not like when you buy a gun in a game or uh, something in Pokemon Go. Like I, I bought Pokeballs and stuff in Pokemon Go just because I, I ran out and I needed them and I wanted to play it. Yeah. Um, it you know, it's, it's nice to be able to physically own those and, and take them where you want. Okay, I think we probably need to go back and explain a couple of things because I, I think probably a lot of the podcasts that you're on are NFT crypto related and the the people listening are probably aware of some of the terms being used. But I, I think it's probably worth being aware that there will be people listening that probably don't even know what blockchain means. Yeah. Um, so do you mind explaining what a blockchain is? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a database. It's a decentralized database that isn't owned by anyone. Right? It's owned by the miners. That that uh, it, this is where it kind of gets a bit complicated because it's, it's stored in people's computers, right? Yeah. And, and there's many different blockchains, and quite often people get confused on that because the the original blockchain um, was the Bitcoin blockchain, which was the one that is used for mining bitcoins, and. Um, then the Ethereum blockchain came out, which is the one that most companies use for NFTs because it allows you to create a smart contract, which is the code that sits behind the item that you've just bought. That gives it a serial number and says what that item is. An NFT is something that's unique. It's a one of a, it's a one of one. It's a one of a kind. So just to explain that, if if you give me a ten pound note and I give you a £10 note back from my wallet, that's fungible. I can swap one thing for another, but it has the same value. An NFT means it is one of a kind. So if I, if, 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 as another example, if I bought a plane ticket to Spain and I get the, the paper ticket through and the ticket has my name on it and the seat number and you're, you're on the same plane, I could not swap it with your ticket because your ticket has your seat number and your name on it. But it's the same value and looks the same but they are actually non-fungible. Your ticket is one of a kind. Only you can use it because it's, it's yours. It has your seat number on it, right? So anything that is unique, that, that cannot be made again or look the same is an, is an NFT. Now, where again, where people can get confused is they can go, well, the, my, in Doctor Who, you've got many cards that look the same. This is one of our trading card games and every mm-hmm. card is an NFT. But you know what makes this an NFT? Well, it's because they come with a unique serial number, right? So the card, the frame might look the same, but there's, you know, 10,000 frames that look the same, but you've got 001, right? Where someone else has got 0100, someone else has got, you know, number thousand of it. So think of it as a limited edition art, you know, when you get one of 100 and you, they sign them, you've got number 10 of 100. It's exactly the same, but by putting that serial number on it, makes it unique, right? The image might look the same. So, but but you know, certain ser- you know the, the the serial numbers that are worth more money are the are the early mints, you know, the ones, mm-hmm. right? And if you or if it's James Bond mint, you might get one that's got zero zero seven on the serial number, and suddenly that's got more value than something with you know ninety nine on it. Anyway, so uh, NFT is something that is totally unique and um, cannot be swapped for the same thing unless you agree to. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's worth adding uh, in terms of blockchain uh you mentioned it's a database i think it's worth adding that it's like basically an unhackable database so once it's on there um it's impossible to hack it because you would have to hack 
every single block simultaneously all at once in order to change all of it. Um, I could probably add some links in the show notes if people want to learn more about it technically. Uh, But I think what you've explained is is really useful. And, And in terms of what you said then about the collectible stuff, I'm obviously a, a bit of a geek anyway. I know the podcast is called Logo Geek, but in, in general, like I've got comic books and signed autographs and collectible toys and stuff like this. How I see it and why I've always been, well, why I was excited about it when it first came out is that I've got comic books and some of them I have as 9.8. So they're, you know, in the uh, slabs and got their little stamps and stuff like this. So you can't actually ever read the comic book. It's just, you know, you you just have it because part investment, part because you like owning it. And uh, I know when NFTs first came out, I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. You know, I had an interest in crypto related stuff anyway. I'm a graphic designer. And it's like, oh, this is interesting. This could be good. And uh uh, my my first NFTs were the Doctor Who ones, uh, which yep. you mentioned. And something that really surprised me was how you have the same, the exact same sentimental attachment to an NFT as you do with a comic book. I do anyway. And and I guess the the main difference for me is that a, a comic book is it's on paper. You know, it's it's printed it's on paper if you was to have you know the first ever printed like star wars comic book or something like that i would know that would be hundreds of thousands of dollars it would be extremely rare there's only one of its kind uh, in existence and it's significant and uh, personally I, I don't know if other people feel the same way but other people that are in the doctor who worlds apart discord they have the same feeling that once they bought a few it's like, these are mine. <laughs> and yeah. I've had this weird experience where I've sold a card of mine and I bought that card back and I know it was mine. And it's really strange because it's a an, an electronic thing, you know, whether that's like a 3D model or a flat image or whatever. There is that real sense of ownership. And even though I know there's going to be people listening to this that, that probably feel like, why the hell would you want an NFT? I've bought things in the Doctor Who World's Part store that I plan to keep. They're not just investments. They're things I actually like and I actually want. And uh, I can very much see how NFTs is very much the future of collectibles. And yeah, I think it's something very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, there's there's a an age group that will never understand why you'd want a digital image as opposed to a physical picture, you know, where I can see it on my wall and I can look at it that, you know, why would you want a digital version of that? It, and it, it's, it is down to the fact that you know, the Gen Z's and the millennials, and they, they just want everything to be digital. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to the, just the artwork, you know, the, the screens that Samsung are coming out with now that are NFT screens where you've got your digital wallet on your phone, you open it up, there's all your NFTs, click a button and bang, it's it's instantly on the screen. Where the screen, look, the quality, I saw one the other day that was like a Kindle, so it's like black and white screen. And it was like I was looking at a real picture hand-drawn on the wall. 
but it was an NFT that had beamed straight from your phone. So I'm starting to see not just the fact that people want the digital proof of ownership in their wallet, but you can now show them on these screens if you want to beam them to your wall. Right? And that's one part. The other part is we, we like an NFT that has a utility. And, and I think games is where there is a real utility of where you own something like a Doctor Who trading card or like a sword or whatever, and and it can be used. And then you can bring it back and use it again at another time or sell it. You know, that, 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 that digital ownership and, and the ability to trade and sell, I think is really, really key. And then the, the third one, which I think is just going to be huge, if it already is huge, is the generative art NFTs. And, and as, you know, I'll give an example of the biggest one right now, which is Board 8 Yacht Club, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if anyone's not familiar with it, Board 8 Yacht Club, if you Google it and look at the images, are cartoon pictures of apes. And that's it. It's a picture of an ape, right? And it, there, some of them are really funny. They've got sunglasses on, they're smoking cigars, whatever. And the, what happened with that is it, they sold, there's a minimum of 10,000, right? So they can only ever sell 10,000 images and it's called generative art, which means you as the user, when they went on sale, there were seven base characters of apes. And they were different. Of the seven you had to choose from, one was a different color, one was smiling, one wasn't, one had blue eyes, one had brown eyes. Well, when you decided to click on one, um, the system behind the scenes generates a unique board ape, your club image, of the style you've chosen but it will be slightly different, which gives it its uniqueness. You know, the eyes might change color or something will change. So I now own one, right? And I've paid $250 for that when it first launched. And they sold out in like, I don't know, 10 seconds or whatever. And then last week, one sold, I think it was at Christie's for $3.2 million. Right? And people go, what? <laughs> why, are, why are pictures of apes selling for three point two? million dollars what is going on right this is where people don't understand what what owning one of these does because what it what it does is it gives you access to a club it gives you vip access to a membership club that only you can join if you own one of these generative arts but hence why it's called Bordet yacht club right and, and there are only ever going to be 10,000 people in this club because there were only ever 10,000 of these images made. Right? And now, so I've owned one of these. Since it launched, there's a roadmap of parties, clubs, events, things that you can do that you can only get to if you own one of these board apes. So Justin Bieber, I think um, uh, Snoop Dogg, Gwyneth Paltrow, a load of famous people now own one of these and i think snoop Dogg just announced that he's going to do a concert in new york but and you can only get in if you own a board ape right so it's not about the picture it's about the access that owning one of these nfts give you right and and it, and adidas have just joined board ape so if i've got if i've got an image of a board ape that's got um orange hair right Adidas will send me in the post because the blockchain proves that I'm the owner. That's how they know, right? They can see that I am the actual owner of this art. They will send me in the post a unique pair of trainers in the color of my board eight skin. 
and and, that, and that's that's the PR bit. The real bit is you get a digital copy which you can put on your avatar in the metaverse. So and and so so um, it's no different from someone owning a Rolex watch and showing it off and going, "Look at me! How you know I'm 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 in I'm that's my status symbol." The status symbol here is I own a pair of Adidas digital trainers in the color of my board ape. And I can use it in the metaverse and people can see that on my thing. And by just by having that, you will get overnight 100,000 people follow you because they to, uh, to own one of these is an incredible validation. It's, it's showing off. Right. It, and that's all it is. And all it, you know, you've gone from, as I say, owning a Ferrari to Rolex watch to now owning a digital version that is incredibly expensive to buy now because there's a roadmap of stuff. Big brands are getting in. And it validates you as a cool person. That's the difference, right? And I, I think people just don't understand how the, the, the way that you, that you will show off online. At the, at the moment, you're showing off online because your, your image or your profile picture might be quite cool. Now, if, I'm, if my profile picture is a board ape and it's proved that I own it on the blockchain, that's an, that is that's the most that's a hierarchy of, of whatever you know <laughs> to anyone that follows this market. Wow, you own one of them, and and what what happens is the the, the developers of Board Eight because you own one, they will start sending you things. And when I mean sending you things, it's all it's digital, right? So they will they know your wallet address because it's attached to the blockchain, and they can see where your Board Ape sits. And every month they will send you something which has value, right? And, um, you know, it could be a, a, a ticket to a concert, right? But you can you have to show your board ape with a barcode. It could be something else. Two weeks ago, they launched an ape token. And um, you can buy those tokens um, from any exchange, like a Bitcoin. But if you had a board ape, they airdropped you 10,000 tokens. And the token price at the time went up to, I think it's $29. Um so that they they gave you hundreds of thousands of dollars for free, basically. It was it was you know ha- just because you own it, right? That it's just incredible the passion behind uh, you know having one of these. And and Board Ape is just one of many. I mean, we've got. We, I think you. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Thunderbirds, but Thunderbirds. Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> yeah, hasn't heard of Thunderbirds? <laughs> so we're, we're doing a generative art drop for Thunderbirds. So there'd be ten thousand. Thunderbird characters. Ten thousand. Well, there'll be seven base Thunderbirds. You know, you've got the, you know, the, the all the main characters from the Thunderbirds um, program. But when you buy one of those, it's gonna, it, it will generate and look slightly different. So you own it like a board ape. Right? Now, by owning a Thunderbirds NFT, which is only ten thousand, there's gonna be a ton of stuff over the next two years that you will get that no one else will have. To the point where it tur- it will turn you into a three D avatar of the character that could be Tracy, you know, the pilot for Thunderbirds mm-hmm. one could you, and you, you become, tra- and you walk around the metaverse as him, right. And it, uh, in the, in the color of the generative art that you've bought, right. There's a game at the end of it that only you, you are the only one that can play the game. If you, you can only enter it, if you have one of these, um, one of these characters, there's merch that comes out, you know, there's, it's, as I say, it's not just about the initial drop. It's about what, what this gives you access to in the future. And I find that stuff really, really exciting. You know, I think that's, that's just going to be massive. 
Yeah, I agree. I didn't actually know any of that stuff, and I volunteered to be a moderator in the Thunderbirds Discord. Yeah, well, so I'm yeah. looking forward to um, getting one of those. When <laughs> when are they actually due to come out? Because I I don't know any details. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably totally a bit too much, but don't, <laughs> so actually the the press release comes out later this month. We're in March, right? Um, the actual we then have this is really cool. So we've uh, we're working with seven very famous digital artists that create NFTs. Or each of the artists has, I think the min- the smallest one has 50,000 followers on Twitter, upwards to hundreds of thousands. They're very well-known digital artists. That, and each of them have taken a character or a, or a rocket, like Thunderbirds 1 or 2, mm-hmm. and drawn it in their style. So if you follow any of these artists, they all have particular styles. So some of them are just brilliant. And it, it's taken the 1960s puppet characters into the NFT art world. It, and they look, they look absolutely fantastic. But they're one of ones and their they're artwork, it's not generative art, they're, they're single art. So if you're a super fan of Thunderbirds, you could get one of these. Um, and they go on sale um, I think they're going to sell mid-April. If you, own one, those, if you <laughs> own one of those, you get guaranteed access to the generative art. So it, they call it whitelisting. So you don't have to queue up. And, and if, te- you know, these things sell out in seconds, right? So if you're not quick enough, you miss it. If you own one of these really cool bits of art, you're guaranteed to be in the generative art drop. Um, and the generative art drop will be three months after that. So you, if you're joint, if you're helping our Discord, thank you. Is there's three months of of building up the the roadmap, the hype, and then it will it likely drop. I think it's July, that, that sort of time. Okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. I, yeah. I I tend to always follow the Doctor Who Worlds Apart stuff, and uh, every single pack drop, I am there as yeah. soon as it comes out, and you get the serial ones if you're there. Yeah, no, exactly. But Doctor Who um, is very different from the general type. You know, mm-hmm. Doctor Who is a classic digital card game like Hearthstone or Magic the Gathering, but you own the cards, therefore you can trade them or sell them. Um, uh, you know, I actually think I, I, I don't know if you've seen today the 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 new board went out. Um, yes, they have. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. It, I think it's looking. This could be absolutely just the biggest game for trading card games ever because this is the first the first real mass market brand that's come into NFT gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, trading cards anyway make great NFT games because you know that's how. Trading card works. So I I want to I want to trade my card with you, and this is how much I want to sell it for. Right? It's the it's the perfect example of of uh, NFT trading, and um, and you know the quality. You know we the Doctor Who we we've got the rights to every character back to nineteen sixty seven. Right? We've hand drawn the cards because what we didn't want to do was go to the BBC and just take um, archive you know photos. We, you know, the, we wanted these to be collector's items. Like you've just said, you know, I want to, I, I love the look of these. I want to keep it. It's mine. Yeah. And therefore we got the, each card is hand drawn, right? Everything, everything is unique about that. It's hand drawn. It's been approved by the BBC, right? It's gone through those processes, but you've got something that, that isn't out there apart from you, you own it, right? It's, mm-hmm. It, it is mm-hmm. a, a real NFT. It's a unique one of a kind card. What what I really love as well is, and I think this is really cool. So if you can imagine card games, every time you play with somebody, 
there's obviously data attached to that you know like who won what did yeah. the card do all this sort of stuff now with a normal card uh you don't know any of the data attached to it so say if you was to buy a pokemon card from like 20 30 years ago it's a card it's cool it's in mint condition and it's great but i don't know when you guys plan to do this but i, I know it's on the uh on the radar is that the data from the game will be stored to the card and stored on the blockchain which is really cool yeah so you can tell how many times it's won um how many people have owned it um when it was first minted um yeah everything is stored in on the blockchain literally it's so so you'll see real-time stats and of course you might have a card that is that's never lost therefore it gives it more value forget mm-hmm. about the, the the serial number you know so i think the gameplay stats when the game comes out will be an important part to the value of 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 the card i'm i'm planning to keep most of my serial ones mint condition yeah. as in unopened as yeah, in never yeah, yeah. played with <laughs> um because i think that's i think that's a significant thing and I uh, it's yeah i find that type of thing exciting yeah no I, and and yeah but that's the great thing about this technology now it allows you to do that in in, in a digital form I interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big. As designers, we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day, every day. But how well does our design work communicate? Do clients and higher-ups really understand the work that we are putting in front of them? Well, let's find out. Test your skills by assembling a brand-inspired mood board using Adobe Stock Images. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other designers, art directors, and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's free to participate in the perfect match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. So it's a real win-win. To take part or to learn more, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So let's get back to the interview. Okay, so I've I've actually got a couple of questions because I know one of the elephants in the room. So I'm creating a podcast about NFTs. I'm going to share this with my audience. And I know for a fact that there's a lot of people out there that don't like NFTs for numerous reasons, one of them being their environmental impact. Yeah. I know that this isn't necessarily the case so would you mind sharing some of your thoughts on the the environmental impact of nfts just for the people that might have strong opinions against them that might be listening now yeah so again this is this is bad education and people following news that is wrong right so an nft is not a bitcoin right cryptocurrency is not an nft the problem that that has arisen is that when the uh, minting a Bitcoin and the way that that works involves a lot of computer power because the miners who bid to win the the mint of that coin because they get a percentage of it have to ask a mathematical, have to answer a mathematical question, right? And the faster they can answer it, the the more likely it is they're going to win that mint, 
And therefore, they, they get more and more hugely powerful computers, and it is unbelievably bad for energy consumption and sustainability. That's a fact, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that is, they are, that's true. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Mining for Bitcoins is bad. NFTs are not Bitcoins, right? And, and people have to understand that it's a completely different way of minting. So we have um, a, we've built our own blockchains. It's a side chain. It's a fork off the Ethereum main blockchain, right? So whenever you buy a Doctor Who card, it's minted on a side chain, which is we, we have. So there's no gas fees. That's another issue. We'll come on to that. Um, so it doesn't cost you anything to mint. And it's less energy than a Visa card transaction, right? It, it, so minting NFTs, pictures, game NFTs is, it, it, you know, people are just miseducated. There's nothing wrong with it. And to, to the fact that there are now other blockchains, um, I'll throw some names out there where the, sure. uh, probably audience best to Google it, but Solana, Polygon, um, Hedera, uh, there's a, there's a ton that have come out. Wax. These are all blockchains that have been specifically developed with efficiency and sustainability in mind, right? There, it, it really is, it's, it's less, you use less power uh, minting than turning on a light for two seconds, right? And that's a fact. The new blockchains that are coming out are quick, efficient, and super sustainable. And in fact, working with the BBC, you can imagine that that's, that was a big part of asking us those questions, working with us, doing their due diligence, actually really looking at, you know, when, when a Doctor Who card is minted, what is the effect? You know, what because of, because of the bad press. Then they've gone, okay, we've actually seen it. You're absolutely right. It, it, there is no... It's it's bad education. People think that NFTs are Bitcoins and they're not. So I think over time, when people understand it and people look into it, they go, "Oh yeah, you're absolutely right." I don't know why I was, the world's not going to blow up, right? And they and they they are still very efficient. The, the Ethereum blockchain right now actually is probably the worst out of all of them, and probably the most used, which isn't a good thing. But the Ethereum blockchain is going from proof of work to proof of stake, right? And what that means is 99% of the energy consumption is now gone. And that, that the new Ethereum blockchain, they say launches in Q4 this year. And once that happens, there's not one blockchain out there that is, that is a, uh, an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for answering that question. In, and and th- this is why I asked you to come on the podcast is because there's a lot of people out there that generally overcomplicate this stuff. And yeah. it's that's why people don't understand it. That's why people get confused. That's why they stick to what they believe in. Because I do remember um, as a graphic designer, when NFTs first came out, there were big names talking about the energy impact of NFTs and uh, basically the effect of them. And it's just miseducation. It's misunderstanding yeah. and it 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 reminds me of you know like when the internet first came out people didn't like it yeah. when cars first came out people didn't like it they just didn't like it because they didn't understand it and um with time nfts is going to just be a normal thing and if you are a creator of uh 
art, it would be normal that you can mint it on a blockchain and sell it in the same way that you can real art and it's just going to be commonplace yeah well it's not just art I'm, I, I will tell you now in the next I'm going to put 10 years on it everything will be tokenized yeah everything, I agree your house will be tokenized. houses yeah Every, your car everything will be tokenized and what what and that's not meaning it's 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 just proving that you own it and it's logged on the blockchain it's tokenized into a digital form that that then is is your proof of ownership, right? Mm-hmm. Is that's all it is, you know? It uh, and uh, it's just people, as you say, people have this image or have just read examples of well, crypto mining and assume this is the same thing, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm seeing you know, say when you buy an expensive handbag or something like that, you know, something that's really valuable. And then they tend to get copied, and I, I mean the the quality is not as good. But you see people walking around yeah. with uh, copies of significantly valuable bags. And um, one amazing way that you can prove the difference between one from the other, beyond obviously inspecting it and seeing the quality of the material and stitching and stuff like that, is that you can do a blockchain version of this to show that this handbag is actually a real thing here's the thing on the blockchain and the fake ones won't be able to have that attached to it so exactly you'd have a qr code in the bag you scan the qr code it, it immediately goes to the blockchain for verification that it's true and and that's it it's, it's exactly that yeah interesting though you could fake the <laughs> you could fake the code in the bag <laughs> yeah well but it's just like you know people go well if you have if you have a picture on your wall um you know, I could take a photograph of that and mm. print it out and stick it in a cigar on my wall, right? And and people go, and I could lie and go, that's the original. But it, it's only at the time that you come to sell it, you go, well, show me the certificate, right? And yeah. prove, prove to me that it's it's original. And it's it's the same with NFTs, except it's a digital version. So people go, well, I'll just screen grab it, right? And I've, I've got a copy. Well, yeah, you can do that with a real picture. All it's doing is when it when you come to sell it, it has to be validated, right? Yeah. And the certificate is the blockchain proving it is 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 linking your wallet to the NFT to the blockchain. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got about ten minutes left. I want to ask you a question. This might end up being a bigger question, so see how this comes out. So, I haven't discussed NFTs on this podcast prior to this episode, even though I've been buying them and being excited buy them for well over a year now and the reason is because this is a logo design podcast and for logo designers I've never really thought of a way of um, how the technology will improve the current processes that are there. Um, Some ways that I have thought of is maybe it could be a way of proving copyright, maybe it could be a way of improving the trademark registration process but there's already a very in-depth process there and actually making any change. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. Like, how do you see NFTs could maybe impact uh, people creating uh, logo designs and identities for businesses? Um, well, trademark, the trade, you can still trademark an NFT, right? You can still trademark your, your brand. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that won't change. Or, or, and, and then all the NFT is doing is proving that it's one of a kind. That's all. So I, I actually 
don't know how I don't know is the answer. Yeah, yeah, because I've I've put a lot of thought into it because technically, like like the whole trademark registration process, uh, to some degree, is when somebody applies for a trademark and it's gone through like the legal checks and all that sort yeah. of stuff, and it's put on some database. It's basically a database, but right now here today, that's not. Uh, an unhackable database so technically someone if they had the power to you could probably hack into that and change and stick their thing on i I don't know you know that you can see that this this is a risk but if that entire um so once it's because i think i think one of the challenges with logo designs is that they need to be checked it needs to go through like an official process to make sure like this is uh uh this logo it doesn't infringe and all these different things but it would be really good if the current system was tokenized in the same way that NFTs are, then it's more, uh, I guess, strong, well, I would, uh, unhackable. I would, yeah. <laughs> but, but I wouldn't say it's tokenized. It just uses the blockchain for verification, right? So, right. So that that works because anything that has a centralized database can be hacked, right? Or, or it's owned by a company. You know, the management can do something. You know, it, it's a it's a you know it's a database that is owned by you a decentralized database isn't owned by anyone right so it's it's and it's much harder to hack because it's done on the it's logged on the blockchain which you know blocks last for 10 minutes and that's it and moves on to the next one so um i i I can see everything that's centralized from a database point of view becoming decentralized and that would make it a lot safer and protect it more because no one owns it and no one can go in and change things. Um, and then you've still got, uh, and then and then the the actual, I suppose, the actual image, the name and the logo is the NFT, which proves that that you own it. Yeah, I think it would become a lot easier when it comes around to selling that because it's like you just transfer that over and you don't need any middle person it's, it's why i'm i'm personally quite excited about the idea of um property sales being on on a blockchain yeah because can you imagine that you own the house and the house is on the blockchain that you could probably take a lot of uh solicitors and legal people and all this sort of stuff out of the picture because it's like you, i own this this is mine there you go i sent it over you now own the house yeah. that that's how the process will be it would be pretty instant you move out you, you done <laughs> yeah. so um I, I i do hope that uh and i think it will take a lot of time because a lot of these things like property sales and and i think trademark the the trademark registration process is so ring fence by lawyers and legal people and all this sort of stuff that I, I think it's going to take time but you know based on everything that you said it, it just makes sense that that is going to happen eventually whether people like it or not <laughs> yeah and, and and even if you know people will understand that min, minting nfts is is no different from paying on a visa card right so that mm-hmm. that that education and that thing will happen and people will go oh yeah let's move on it's fine what will happen in the background you won't even know it's on the blockchain it will just just log it there you know the 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 technology isn't something consumers need to worry about but you know it's never going to be hacked or broken into yeah yeah it's a good way of uh looking at it cool so um we've got a few more minutes so i'm going to ask you another question so something i've really admired about what you guys have done is with the doctor who project in particular 
is NFTs in general are really complicated to understand. So, you know, if you're going to buy something from OpenSea, you need a wallet, you need to buy um, Ethereum or whatever, you need to then go on there, you then need to purchase it. it it's it's quite complicated and to the average non-techie person, it's quite scary yeah. to need all this technology. There are a lot of scams out there. It is very much a wild west uh, when it comes to anything related to crypto and NFTs, uh, just because you know that there's no regulations around it really um but something i very much admire about what you do and i haven't seen too many companies do it is that you made it very much like buying from amazon yeah <laughs> you you go on there you top up your wallet with paypal you top up your wallet with your card uh there's no gas fees so you mentioned about gas and and um uh, can you explain what gas is for people that don't know what gas is? Yes, it's the fee you're paying to the miners to to log it on the blockchain. And the gas fee, that's how they earn their money. And the gas fee can go up or down depending on how busy the blockchain is or how quickly you want it to be minted. So if you want to pay more that to go and get it done in the next five minutes, it could cost you X. If you just want to let it ride and, and it'll happen when it happens, it could cost you pence, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've seen some NFTs come out and you end up needing to pay $50, $100 just in gas to yeah. actually buy that. I, I remember that when those board apes came out, I think he said, was it $250, something yeah. like that. But the gas fees then, they went insane yeah. and they were gone. So people probably paid, that, uh, some people probably paid thousands in gas just yeah. to actually get access to right. um, that thing. Uh, but my point with Doctor Who Worlds Apart, if something is 50 cents, and they are as cheap as that, if something is 50 cents, then you pay 50 cents for it. Yes. <laughs> and then you can buy and sell it. And uh, if you have a founder's token, it's there's no uh, transaction fee. Sure. I, I think if you don't have a transact, if you don't have a founder's token, it's like yeah. five, five cents. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's, yeah, it's a lot easier than anything else and, and you've made it very accessible so i wanted to ask you uh is that is that being a conscious choice to make nfts accessible to the general public because you are one of the first companies that i i've personally seen that have actually done this very well yeah so we come from a games background we come very much aware of um the ux and the 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 way that people interact with games and if there's a tiny bit of friction people will turn it off. Literally, if, if it takes longer than 10 seconds to think about something, you've lost them, right? So I am always very conscious of not wanting to lose a player because it becomes too difficult or they don't understand it. So in any one of our products, gaming-wise, we will always come at it to make it as easy and as friendly as possible to use. And I go back to the point behind the scenes, no one needs to know the technology that mints in that card into an NFT that puts it on the blockchain that allows you to own it. People don't care. They just want to know, how does it work? Oh, I own these. So, so with, with, um, with Doctor Who, it was a very conscious decision to make this mass market. And all, we don't even mention NFTs or blockchain on the Doctor Who website. Unless you dig into the FAQs and want to know about the tech, you can and we can tell you. But from the outset, this is a trading card game 
where you own digital collectibles. Right? And those collectibles are cards. End of story. And you can buy those cards from us in the following way. Just like you do with an e-commerce, there's a basket. You can buy them with PayPal. You can buy them with credit cards. You can buy them with crypto if you want. We have our own loyalty token called Pandax. Now, it's, it's, it's everything that we've done, people have seen before. And apart from maybe paying with crypto, everything else is, is exactly the same. Now, because they're NFTs, you need a wallet because they have to be stored in a wallet. So when you sign up to um, uh, Doctor Who Worlds Apart, when you put your email and username in, a password, that's all we ask for. We actually create you an Ethereum wallet without you even knowing. So your account, when you go into your account where your cards are after you bought them, that's actually in a in a in a real wallet with a with a you know twenty six digit number, right? So, but you don't need to know that. It doesn't matter to you. It's just an account. When you go and trade them, it's all through our marketplace. There's there's it's just a typical marketplace where you're trading one card for another. The money goes from your account into someone else's account, depending on how much you want to pay. It's all done on our side chain. It's all done really quick. It's all done smoothly and it shouldn't be complicated. Now, where you need to have some kind of crypto uh, or, or blockchain experience is when you want to take them off of our website and take them to an external wallet or to OpenSea or to another secondary market. And for those people who don't know what OpenSea is, OpenSea is the world's biggest um, eBay for NFTs. So it's a place where you can go and you can trade NFTs. So to get them from you, from Doctor Who's website, from your account, and to, to withdraw them to OpenSea, you need to put you need to go to um, withdraw, and then there's a drop down that says these are the blockchains you can use to withdraw it, and that's when you need some kind of understanding because we offer you the Ethereum blockchain, Polygon blockchain, or Binance Smart Chain. And it's up to you to choose which blockchain you want to send it on to your external wallet. And those, and it could be because of the gas fees that each blockchain charges you. It could be because you're a fan of one of the blockchains and not the other. We're agnostic. You decide. In fact, we're going to add more blockchains on. We call them bridges. So you now choose your blockchain. It then goes, what's your, what's your wallet address, your external wallet address, cut and paste, withdraw and then it takes it off of your account and sends it outside our website to wherever you've just sent it to. Because as I say, we don't own it. You own it. It's your card to do whatever you want with. You know, you can, to play the game, you're going to have to bring it back to our website because to play the game, you need to have it in your, in your game wallet. But if you want to take it outside and sell it somewhere else, we can't stop you and, and we make it very easy for you to do that. Brilliant. I think that's a really good way to wrap up the interview. Um, so thank you so much, Tony, for coming on. I, uh, like I said, I've, I've always admired the way that you talk about crypto, NFTs, uh, blockchain, all that sort of stuff. And I hope that the listeners who maybe don't know what this stuff is, they have a little bit more of an understanding. And um, I like the fact that you are someone that's in gaming rather than just doing an image because you've helped to explain the potential of NFTs and what they can actually do. So um, I'll add links to all the projects in the show notes for anyone that wants to uh, check that out. But Tony, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really great to spend this time with you. Very good. Cheers. Thank you, Tizzy. 
Thank you so much, Tony, for coming on the podcast. It was really great to chat with you. Thank you so much for sharing so much about NFTs. So if you want to learn more about Tony and the team over at Reality Gaming Group, head to realitygaminggroup.com. Or if you want to go and check out that Doctor Who project we mentioned, head to logogeek.uk forward slash Doctor Who, which is a referral link. So if you do purchase anything, I'll get extra pandex. I'll link to that along with RGG's social profiles in the show notes for this episode, which you can find just by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash 134. And don't forget to check out the sponsor of this podcast, which is The Perfect Match, and start working on your mood board design today for a chance to win $1,000. To learn more about that, just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So thank you so much for listening. I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.